What's up, guys? It's Neil Dashwood here, and you're listening to I See Things a Little Differently. What is up, everybody? Welcome to uh, Rare Monday Show, where I'm actually recording on Monday. Been a long weekend. Well, not a bad weekend, but it's a long weekend. I'm Slow Chemical. This is I See Things a Little Differently. And um, first of all, we need to get a couple things out of the way. Rest in peace to one of the, the greatest um, basketball players of all time, greatest activist of all time, Mr. Russell, Bill Russell, the man who had 11 world championships, most by any player, by far. Uh, two of those championships came as a player coach. He also won eight straight championships with the Boston Celtics. That's, for you non-sports fans, that's the equivalent, or even higher, of many eventing eight straight WrestleManias. Um, his legacy has never been tarnished. He's, to be honest with you, you see a lot of people get success and they get older and they get better and they say, hey, I didn't help build this world to, to see turn to this. He's been one of those people who has been very loved. Um, I don't think I've heard too many people say a bad thing about him. Um, and this guy, think about this. This guy was a beyond, a Hall of Famer for a city that's really, really known to be kind of racist. <laughs> you know, I've never been to Boston. I, I don't know if it's racist. I, I've, heard, I've heard people who are from Boston say it's racist, you know, but... Um, he uh, was still a lot, and his legacy will never be forgotten. What he's done for a lot of people, he's opened the door for a lot of people. Uh, still opens door for a lot of people. So, rest in peace, Mister Bill Russell. Uh, you will not be forgotten for sure. On a much lighter note, rest in peace to the Choco Taco. Uh, for some reason, Klondike has decided to discontinue it after this latest supply comes out. This is one of the greatest creations ever made. Whoever did this deserves a star in Hollywood Walk of Fame. They created a monster. So rest in peace to the Choco Taco as well. This week, this past week, was very, very interesting. First Monday, and, at the, and to, for you, those guys who were asking, I legitimately did think about doing a potential show once Triple H was announced as the head of creative. I said, oh my goodness. And then I said, you know what? It's not going to mean anything this week. Kind of did, kind of didn't. Mainly because I figured they were going to finalize and fit and uh, and finish the storylines at SummerSlam that they needed to finish and then move forward. They didn't just Convince Brock Lesnar to come back for no reason, and I and I know that's also people saying that they were gonna sue, they were never gonna sue Brock Lesnar. Triple H has been known over the last several years to be the peacemaker. He has been now. Will people like now? That's this is something for down the road. Will he be able to make peace with a lot of people he's done wrong, you know, or they feel like he's done them wrong, like CM Punk. Will Punk now ever go into the Hall of Fame? I could, I could see him going to the WWE Hall of Fame. He deserves it. Um, he earned it. Um, but Triple H has 
been the reason for Bruno. I know Larry Zabisco was the first conduit, but Paul Levesque went to Zabisco to hey, I need to get the ball rolling on this. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And then those conversations with Zabisco led to his conversation with San Martino, which led to him eventually getting in the Hall of Fame before he passed, which is, to me, so crucial. But I thought about doing the show. I did. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to wait, see how this all works out, and we'll figure it out, right? Um, so many things happen. And for those of you guys, for those of you guys who are saying, hey, you forgot about the contest, I actually didn't. I actually have to do a new question this Wednesday. You may ask why. I say because, and actually I'm going to wait until this Sunday on a match of the month. I asked you guys a trick question. When I asked you guys a question of what was the first five-star match Meltzer gave after WWE went PG, every answer I got was a WWE answer. Meltzer very rarely gives out five stars to WWE matches. So I went to the first five. I meant the first is just in general. No one got it. So I've just been waiting. And finally, when no email came in last night with the right answer, I said, all right, cool. So you guys need to listen to these questions. They are trick questions sometimes. Anyways, let's get into it. Um, McMahon, Mr. McMahon, Vince McMahon, turns out it was a resignation as information has come out that the SEC was doing an investigation about $14.3 million in hush money. We knew about $12 million. We didn't know about fourteen, But apparently, and I didn't know this, you know, I don't know a large conglomerate. I just don't, I didn't know this. But apparently, when you're paying people to go away, it can't be, and, from a, and you're dealing with a company, you cannot be from personal funds. It has to be registered. It has to be under the, the business funds. Now, even though these women signed these NDAs, it has to be under the, the business model or the business numbers because it all has been counted because it all came from the business aspect of things. Now, that's interesting in itself. I still kind of don't understand it, if I'm being honest. I really do need someone who deals with this stuff more to explain to because I feel like it was personal, but at the same time, when I say that, the reason this whole thing got started is because he did promote somebody after having a sexual relationship. So now your business is mixing with the personal. So I can see both sides. I can see that side there. I, if any of you know how the SCC works normally, please like, hit me up. I would love to just listen to your brain and um, say, hey, just learn something new. But um, no. That was not a surprise, but it was not a retirement. It was a resignation. So that was the interesting thing about it. So essentially, he knew what was coming. He knew more investigation was coming. The Wall Street Journal still has not dropped that that new piece they, they, were, they were claiming. This wasn't it. There was a new piece, and it, I'm sure it has something to do with this missing $2 million we didn't know about. But they, they knew this new Wall Street piece was coming. Whatever this is, it might be on the same level as it, but either way, it wasn't going to go away. Now, who knows? The Wall Street Journal may just drop it all together. I doubt it. But who knows? They may. Because now he's gone. Air quotes. No air quotes. You doing air quotes. They f- might feel like, hey, he's the monster. Big bad monster's away. We'll see. Moving on. We've spent enough time on negative things. NWA. 
Very rarely we talk about NWA to begin our show, but we will. And we'll get to SummerSlam later. Medusa, who pulled the Rick Rude, was on two different shows this week as she announced that there will be a new TV title called the Women's TV title. And um, she was very busy. She also showed up on NXT this week as well. But I'm super interested to see um, what they do with that. Taya Valkyrie earned the number one contender spot for Camille's women's title. Taya Valkyrie has titles already for multiple organizations. So she's back on the indie scene and she's back making a splash. And that wasn't the Miss McMahon fault. That was... She came in... It's Frankie Monet, which I didn't understand. It's Frankie Monet. And NXT just didn't know what to do with her. She was gone, what, six, seven months later? Yeah, she wasn't used very well at all. NXT. There's a fatal four-way announced to present to you the new Women's Tag Team Championships. There's toxic attraction in the match. Ulisa and Valentina versus Caden and Katana and Nile and Paxley. Honestly, I think this is the, a good opportunity. If you, if it's one thing, if, now if you're putting the titles back on Toxic Attraction because um, you want to build a new babyface team up, that's fine. I don't think they, that's what they want to do. I, I would give Caden and Quintana the win here. I think this, this this team reminds me of just a team that's really a good tag team, works well together. I think they should at least get a token run, even if they lose it in a month. I feel like that would mean a lot to that tag team's legacy. So that's just that's my pick. I don't think it's right, but it's my pick. Let's get some news. The next pay-per-view for NXT will be on the same day as All Out. It has not been announced yet, but that is the thing. It's going to be essentially another freaking marathon. I hate when when WWE does this and they put NXT before. I guess they're trying to get eyeballs on it. I'm not going to watch it anyway, but it's like... I. I I can't. All outs can be close to fucking five hours. We know this. I don't want to watch nine hours of wrestling, and 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 four of it and five of it's gonna be good. The other four, whatever, it's gonna be all right. But just so you guys who are NXT people, that is a thing that's gonna happen very soon. Dynamite, AEW, Moxley defeated Roosh. As, as every match, he, Moxley, Moxley's been in. Every, every match he's been in, one he's bloody mess. But two, he's been defending the AEW World Championship. I know it's the interim. I'm going to stop saying it, though, as I hate saying interim. But he, he, this was a good match. This was a great match, actually. Moxley, do you know who Moxley reminds me of? Moxley reminds me of a superstar who, let me use another sports analogy here. He's never going to be the Bill Russell. When all these championships get all these accolades uh, and just get all these records, right? He's going to win championships. But he's going to be one of those people that just gets it done. And you're like, man, like, it's good, it's good to have him around. He's just someone good to have him around that, um, n- n- just to rely on. And he's been that guy since he was in WWE. He was the Iron Man of WWE until he got hurt. And it turned out he's, that's why he has all the accolades he has. Because he's, he's great at what he does. But more importantly, he's just fucking good and reliable. To where he's just one of those guys you can put... Like, think about this. Punk may not be ready by All Out. Who better having your main event than John Moxley? No one. Absolutely no one. Trios titles are finally been announced. There will be a finals for the trios titles. And it will commence at All Out. And I love this segment they did later on. 
where you essentially have the Bucks walking and Cutler's recording them and Hangman runs into him eating an apple and it reminds me of like you haven't seen your, your ex in a while or you didn't see someone you liked and you put yourself out there and you're like, oh, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And and it was like, they were teasing that they may want to be a tag team in the trio. I, it's obviously set for Kenny Omega to come back and the Bucks to be a trio with Kenny Omega. But it looks like they're about to forgive and forget. And I was like, okay. I, I, I'm telling you right now, there's times when, and, and once again, AEW can be knocked for not letting anything fucking breathe. It's just what it is. They don't let anything breathe. They don't know how to. Let's just be honest. But man, when they show segments like this, I just love longer storytelling. And I love that they're able to bounce off these relationships. And you you see that Heyman's new friends, who treated him well when he was treated wrong, just they just love him. And, and I can see them being, all being in a tournament. And I can see it being one of those things where um, they fight each other. And, and at some point in time, the Dark Order and Hangman versus the Elite. You know? Um, but I love that segment. I just I just loved it so much. Danhausen loses in his FTW Championship match against Ricky Starks. Um, this was a quick match. We knew. We found out why, though. Because Ricky Starks did for real this time. I'm feeling like I have a, a little more energy. Who we got? Then I'm nowhere. Hook comes out. Team Taz has been completely obliterated. Hook comes out. Puts the Taz mission. I know he calls it Red Rum. On Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks taps out. And all of a sudden Hook. They said it best on commentary. The kid who grew up holding the FTW championship just for fun. Is now the FTW champion. Um... This this just gives this just adds another layer to not just Ricky Starks but Hook and and, and giving him something to do because he is over and so it's funny because Ricky Starks looking is looking at Hook who, who by the way he helped train and he puts his fist out for a pound and Hook gives gives him pound and leaves. Maybe I tell you something before I get to that next part of this where we know where we're going. The week before when I seen Ricky Starks leaving. The camera showed him doing something. And I remember saying to myself, that's weird. Why would the camera show that? Like, sometimes you just have bad camera angles, right? Like, the most infamous angle I remember when I was being young was when it was Triple H versus Kurt Angle on a random Raw. Triple H and Kurt Angle are both on the top rope. And the camera is so close. Like, it, well, I mean, it's so close to the, the action. You can see, you know, Triple H has, used to have long hair, obviously. You can see Triple H in, uh, under his long hair, even though he's doing his best to cover it. And you, you, it's right on Kurt Angle's butt, right? Uh, and I remember all you could hear is Triple H say, Hey, Kurt, stand up. Then it cut away. And all you heard was Jerry Lawler say, Hey, thanks, camera, whatever. This was the same thing that happened two weeks ago. Ricky Starks is leaving after he says, next week I'll face Danhausen. And they show him dapping up the crowd. A heel. And I was like, that's just interesting. i just never seen that before. I was like, he's turning face, right? Once again, overthinking it. I understand it. I'm okay if you say, hey, man, that's really... I overthought it. I can admit it. But something I thought. This leads to the next segment. We go to Diamond. We come back to Diamond from a commercial. Hobbs and Starks are in the ring. Starks is cutting a hell of a damn promo. It's a babyface promo, if, if, if I ever heard one. 
And all of a sudden, Hobbs just turns on him. Taz has no idea what's happening. This is the last remnants of Team Taz. Hobbs just destroys Ricky Starks in the process, staying heel but turning Starks completely babyface. And this will lead to a hell of a match at All Out between these two. Good way to get both men on the freaking card. But it's time for to push Ricky Starks. He's been in the background. And in fairness, I appreciate when they're able to put people on Rampage that they can't put on Dynamite because you only see them on TV. And so it's time now, and it's going to be fantastic watching these two go at it. Um, as I see Starks as a future, not just TNT champion, but world heavyweight champion. So this is actually a pretty good uh, way to get him going. While Taz looks like he's just going to be focused on his son and not Team Taz, this is probably best. And commentary, obviously. Sammy Guevara versus Dante Martin. This was a fun match until the very end where you clearly see Martin get hurt. Um, I, there's been no update. It's, it's said that he was on crutches at the initial, but he got he clearly got hurt. He, he fell the wrong way. Um, but Sammy Guevara ends up winning. Um, but this was a fun match. Um, Jay Lethal, Dutt, and Singh. Was the battle of the best friends on Rampage, which the best friends won. Um, I really like this heel role. And I like that we're going to see that we're clearly going to see these three in the trios. They won't win, but this will be a, a fun trios. I, I've always liked Sanjay Dutt. He, he can run his mouth, mouth a mile a minute. He's just fun to freaking listen to. I love it. Jungle Boy speaks for the first time, comes out with Luchasaurus. And boy, oh boy. I think it's the first time we saw some passion out of this kid. And he said, Christian Cage, you are the biggest pussy I've ever met in my life. And, like, the crowd was stunned. And then he brought up Christian getting divorced, which is fair game. I had no clue Christian was getting divorced. And then he did the call me to his ex-wife. Holy crap. Uh, I can't wait to see this match. Um, Christian Cage did, did interrupt and say he was going to expose some secrets of Jungle Boys, but... This is going to be a game of hide-and-seek. Anytime Christian's in the ring, he's going to stay the fuck away from both parties. So I'm super excited to see what comes. I'm super excited for the match. That's going to happen all out. Hopefully it doesn't happen before then. Swerve Scott defeated Mark, Smart Mark Sterling and Tony Nese. On to some New Japan news. New Japan and Stardom. We'll have a new women's championship coming to the company soon. The first time in their company history. And the winner will be decided November 20th. Which means we will get our first ever women's championship match at the... the uh, my mind just drew a blank there. I see the name in my head. Um, it's Wrestle Kingdom. But the, the Tokyo Dome. Um, that will be exciting to see. Finally, we're going to hit some SummerSlam stuff. Super excited about this. Now, I can say this without a doubt. It wasn't like... I said this on the predictions. I said, you know, it's no one's promoted anything. But... And I'm not putting anything on WWE, but I'm giving myself higher expectations. Because for me personally, I was actually not looking forward to this pay-per-view. This was one of the worst... Even on paper, this is one of the worst things I've seen in my life in wrestling this year. It's been so much good. It's noticeable with the bad. So I wasn't looking forward to this pay-per-view, actually. And um, I just was given hope. The first match of the Triple H pay-per-view era, we get a good match between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, 
who at the end Becky Becky loses, and Becky at the end finishes the story of one year ago where she puts her hands out to shake her hand. Belair shakes her hand. There was no trick. They just hug, and it's just the validation of hey, I got you, but you've been you've been you've been getting me since you know, or you got me since. And then Becky Lynch, I think she had me. She sold it Shawn Michaels good. Because she's holding her arm. I'm like, man, did she really get hurt? And then she goes out. And she's going through the crowd. I'm like, wow. Do they just not want to show her? I mean, that's just... Uh, they, they got me. All of a sudden, you hear Bailey's music. The first time in a year. Where she was feuding with Bianca. She tears her ACL because she was training. You see her come out. And she stops. And she's just yelling. And she just stops. It's like, why is she stopping? All of a sudden, you hear the music of Dakota Kai. The returning Dakota Kai, who asked for her release when she didn't sign a new NXT contract months ago. We had not seen her in months. She came up with a new name. Um, she was brought up on main roster to do um, freaking uh, dark matches and never got chosen. And Dakota Kai comes out I'm like, holy crap, they re-signed Dakota Kai. And they weren't done. All of a sudden, you see Io Shirai's music. With her new name being Eo Sky. And she comes out and it's a new faction that apparently Vince McMahon said no. He rejected it. And this is a Triple H call, obviously. And Eo Shirai was another one this month who wasn't going to resign. And now it's rumored that now Sasha and Becky, excuse me, Sasha and Naomi, who Naomi is under Trinity Fatou, is actually at C2E2 this weekend. She's taking bookings under her real name. Um, that Triple H and Stephanie have made a priority to get both of them back in the company as where it's seen as those problems that they had were with Vince and not anyone else. And that apparently Triple H and Stephanie are just well-liked backstage. Like, they're just really well-liked. We'll see how long it lasts. They're the bosses now. It's, it's easier to like people when they're not the bosses. But this was two nice surprises as Io Shirai was going nowhere in NXT. Last year, they had her with Zoe Starks. Zoe Starks got injured. Um, she just came back. And there was nothing for Io. And yeah, Io's had a couple of injuries here and there. But she's she had nothing to do. She did, every, she did all she actually could in NXT. It was time for her to move on. Anyways, this was a great surprise. And so, all of a sudden, the trio gets in the ring. It's just Bianca there by herself. All of a sudden, Becky Lynch comes back in to side with Bianca. Strange bedfellows on both sides. And now you have a stalemate where the new stable leaves. But what you've done is you turn Becky Lynch face. She is once again faced the thing she needed to be. And someone else will turn later in the night to get where we need to go in Hollywood next year. Get to that in a second. Logan Paul versus The Miz was a match what I expected. A celebrity match. Logan Paul does impress. He's very talented. Um, this was the only way they could get Champa and AJ Styles in the card, which <sighs> anyways, I did appreciate what Champa did though. Champa did the thing I always I don't think I've ever seen this done before. I'm sure I have I'm sure if I have, I just forgot. But he's he's essentially gets caught cheating and the ref ejects him. So Champa gets a, a chair and says, No, I'm not leaving. What are you gonna make what are you gonna do about it? Like, I've always wondered, what, what would happen if they just said, I'm staying? And we see here that he could do nothing. So AJ Styles then comes out, punches Champa all the way to the back, 
and that was the way you got both men on the card. Um, Miz loses to his own skull-crushing finale. I will give Miz credit for this. And he's... I have no problem with Miz. But the two things I give him credit for, one is bleeding this match. Two, he actually had how Logan Paul came out with a <coughs> limited edition Pokemon card at WrestleMania. He made a card of him giving Logan Paul the skull crushing finale, which they're gonna if they don't monetize that, I would be stunned. But I just always slick in, uh, of him. But you no, know, congratulations to Miz, because you know, say what you want to about him. This dude is the locker room leader now, one of them. And Dude, for him to have this responsibility of having Logan Paul feud the first one, I can't be mad at that, man. I can only salute him, so salute to you, brother. I don't care for it. I think it's just whatever, but good for him. Then they showed promos. All night, they showed promos. It was so funny. I was on Instagram Saturday, and I saw a meme. It's Ben Affleck whispering into Jennifer Lopez's ear at their some event. And he's bent over whispering and says, Watch this pay-per-view be four hours for no reason. And it was three and a half hours for no reason. You had so many video packages. You had this male models gimmick. By the way, Max Dupree is back. So now another Vince McMahon rejection has been brought back into the fold. So now you have Max and Maxine Dupree fully making this uh, enterprises go forward. But it's like one of those things where it's like, dude, this didn't have to be three and a half hours. Then I see a note. In the Wrestling Observer, where supposedly the Logan Paul Miz match went long. First of all, let's get this out of the way. Even with it going as much time as it did, and I don't care how long it went. You cut 18 of those fucking 85 fucking packages, it's going to be a three-hour show. You want it to be that long. Get the fuck out of here. It didn't feel more special. But this Mel Miles thing, holy crap. Like, I will avoid this like the fucking plague. I In my notes, seriously, it says right here... What the bleep is this male model bleep? So yeah, if you if you like it, you're good for you. Moving on. Theory loses his rematch to Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley is hella over. Um, I, I look forward to seeing what more they have for him now after he's done with this feud. The Mysterios defeat the Judgment Day as Edge makes his return, leaves Baylor Baylor and uh, Priest laid out. So now up next, I would have to assume the first match between... I'm assuming the Priest and Edge match is going to happen on a Raw. I'm just, I just am. That's me assuming. The Balor match has to happen at Clash of the Castle. And Balor should win. Balor should fucking win. I know he won't, but Balor should. But then again, they don't have plans for Judgment Day, so let's not go crazy. Pat McAfee versus Baron Corbin. Pat McAfee got the win. Um, this was alright, I guess. The Usos and Street Profits got the win. Oh, excuse me, the Usos, well, they got the win for the night because they had a good match. But the Usos did win, retaining their championship clean. Um, Jeff Jarrett, like I said before, had no reason to be in this match. Um, but I think we saw the first heel parts of Montez Ford. And you see the visual of the Street Profits just sitting there disappointed. Like, I don't know who's going to dethrone the Usos. I have no clue. You have a better chance to find out who's going to dethrone Roman Reigns than who's going to dethrone them because there's no tag teams. But um, this this is going to lead to a breakup, unfortunately. But it's probably time. You know, they've been together for a long time. Matt Riddle was in town with a storyline stinger. He comes out says he wants to fight Rollins. Rollins comes out to oblige. 
leaves him laying with the curb stomp. This match is clearly building for Clash of the Castle. They clearly need all the big names they can to uh, heighten that show. And so I don't mind actually waiting because it's going to be a good. I think this is going to be a great match, actually, to be honest with you. Liv Morgan retains her women's championship against Ronda Rousey in a short match. That goes back to what I said about Logan Paul and the Miz going too long. Supposedly, this is why this match was so short. I don't believe that whatsoever. The way this match was booked, it looked like it was meant to end the way it ended. And it ended in controversy to where I was wondering how they were going to get Liv out of this. And I thought it was going to be interference, which led to um, Ronda's next feud. And it did in a way, because she's dominating. She's completely healed, Ronda is. She has Liv locked in the armbar. Liv is fighting like hell to get out of it. Liv lifts her body up. Rousey's shoulders are down. The ref counts three. But you can see as the ref's counting three, Liv taps out at two. So Ronda should be the woman's champion. But anyways, in the middle of it, she at the end of it, she's tired of arguing with the ref. She beats down Liv Morgan. She yells at the crowd. Ronda Rousey does. Then she beats down um, the referee, puts him in the arm bar. And this is the heel turn I was talking about. In order to get to the first ever one-on-one match between Ronda and Becky, you had to turn them both. You had to. Ronda's a natural heel. People don't want to fucking boo Becky. They're tired of booing Becky. They no longer have to boo Becky. She's a face now. And now Ronda can be a heel. And this can lead to Hollywood WrestleMania where we get, finally get the one-on-one match we should have had a couple of years ago. Um, but uh, I don't know who's going to take Belle from Morgan. I just don't see her as, as having a long run. Um, but this is a good way to make sure she at least keeps the belt for another little couple of weeks or month or whatever. And in the main event, the best match that these two could have since their first encounter at WrestleMania 31, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns put on a spectacle of a show where we see a Lou Thez Prez from a tractor trailer to begin the match. We see Brock Lesnar throwing a mic and Reigns just catching it without even looking at it before the match. We see not just Suplex City, we see Tractor City lifting up the entire ring, making Reigns just roll out of the ring. We see Usos getting suplexed and it looked like almost Jey Uso almost had the, the big East by happening to him. I was so scared. It looked so just intense. Um, that was just... Lesnar needed to slow down. That was on Lesnar, in my opinion. Um, we saw Theory try to cash in, only get f 5 on his Money in the Bank briefcase, only to then get hit with his Money in the Bank briefcase. We then see Brock Lesnar just won't stay down. They finally have to just throw a bunch of stuff on top of him. Yes, this was overbooked. Yes, like, how many people were involved? Six people were involved. We even saw Paul Heyman take a F5. I think that's the first bump Heyman's taken since being put in the coquina clutch by Samoa Joe. We see so much. And it just, it, it was fantastic. And this is the best match they had. They, they finally decided to do something different instead of just a one-on-one match. They just did something different. And to me, if this ends the feud, it ended it on the right way. So I'm super, super happy about that. So um, I give SummerSlam... Um, it was a decent, it was a decent, it was a decent night, better than I expected. Um, honestly, it's felt like a transitional show. Because we already know Drew McIntyre has qualified after defeating uh, Sheamus in a Shillelagh match to main event Clash of the Castle against uh, Roman Reigns. Um, <coughs> excuse me. My thing about that match is 
unless I, I if they put the, the undisputed championship on Drew McIntyre, good for him. For me, it would be very anticlimactic. I just don't see him as a guy that should be dethroning Roman Reigns of all of it. But I would be okay if they just took the WWE Championship off of Roman Reigns. How they do that, don't know. But um, this felt like a transitional show. And I know you guys might be tired of hearing me say that from the Wednesday show, the ones you guys listen to the Wednesday, Wednesday show. But this felt like a transitional show that leads to greater and greater, uh, greater things. So um, that is the show for this week. Um, I am so chemical. Check out the match of the month. I'm going to put in the cold open a new question. And this time we're going we're gonna to make the stakes get a little higher. Not only will that Rio be up in this contest. We will do... Hmm, let's see. We will do the LJN version of Cody Rhodes as well. So I'm going to think of a question. This Sunday, the match of the month, the first Sunday of every month, Oh, during the cold open, so you don't even have to listen to the show. During the cold open, you will get the question, and then we'll move from there. So check me out this upcoming Wednesday, as we are now in August. This is August 1st, baby, and we have content coming. But you know what? The next two months will be dedicated to the blacklist. As I found out that I think the She-Hulk series will end October 5th. That's perfect. As we have eight episodes... Of the blacklist. So for this month, for next month, that will encompass the next t- two months. And what we'll do is then I will watch, get a chance to digest She-Hulk for all it is, and then I will have notes on every single episode that comes out, and we will just have one big show about it, and we'll go from there. So I am this little chemical. This is I see things a little differently. Talk to you Wednesday. Talk to you Sunday. I am out. <laughs>